0: Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 135 of All Booked Up, the Buffalo and Erie County Public Libraries podcast about books, movies, and all things pop culture. I am your host, Michelle Snyder. And I am
1: Jacob Maracle.
0: Jacob, did I fake it well enough?
1: You did pretty good, I got to admit.
0: I'm furious today. I'm having having a rough morning. This is not
1: a good start to the year. It was not a good start. There are all these technical things going on We're having
0: a lot of issues. Shelly's sad. Um, Also... The week that we record this, not a cool week. No,
1: I thought it was good. We had all high, had high hopes. <laughs> Nicolas Cage was debuting a new documentary about swear words on Netflix. It I seemed mean, like it was going to be a good time.
0: I and thought then, it couldn't get much better than that.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's the, the peak of my year already, I can tell you that. But now it's, you know, been but, challenging. We'll so
0: see. as everyone knows, we will reiterate because... It seems like we can't not talk about this. It's every headline in every news story on every social media site everywhere. So that's
1: right. the Buffalo Bills got our <laughs> number two seed in the AFC wildcard.
0: Oh, I wish that was just it. So protesters supporting President Trump stormed the U.S. Capitol on January 6th, causing Congress to suspend proceedings to confirm the election of Joe Biden as president. And these protesters freely roamed through the Capitol complex, including the Senate chamber chamber where one man stood on the president of the Senate's chair and shouted Trump won the election. So it's not great.
1: No, nope, not great.
0: Um, and as rioters rampaged, Senate staffers actually removed the electoral college ballots that had been on the floor of the Senate during proceedings. According to Senator Jeff Merkley, he felt that, quote, if our capable floor staff hadn't grabbed them, they would have been burned by the mob. So that's why maybe when you're reading about this or listening, you you have heard it be referred to as a as a coup um, attempt since you know, it was an effort to violate the Constitution and override the will of the voters in this election. So that's why you've kind of heard it be referred to that. And although, you know, we can assume that it's not going to prevent a Biden presidency or anything like that, it certainly intended to and is part of a campaign to delegitimizing their um, by week in the incoming administration. Thus, why there is nothing else in the news but this, Mm -hmm. because this is a big deal.
1: Yeah, it's kind of a kind of a big thing going on there. I mean, they did, you know, Congress was able to get back in session and they certified everything at like three in the morning. So that's good that they didn't hold it up too long, but still just absolutely ridiculous.
0: We made it only five days into 2021 without nonsense. We actually didn't even really make it. we're just gonna call Five it days without nonsense. You know what? Let's just
1: call it overtime for 2020, and then we'll just start the new game up like next week. We'll, we'll we'll go from there. That's at least what I'm proposing.
0: I'm aging, uh, like Gina Davis did in Beetlejuice when they try to bring her back from the dead, oh. and I'm just, I'm just turning crusty real quick.
1: Gina Davis wishes she looked like
0: you, Michelle. <laughs> let me tell you that. And then I have to deal with Jacob. So I saw this quote by Gore Vidal. From his book, Sex, Death and Money, uh, 1968.
1: That's and, is that really a name of one of his books? Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm sleeping on Gore Vidal. <laughs> I think so
0: too. And the quote is, it is ironic that a nation that has never experienced a coup d'etat should be so obsessed with the idea of conspiracy. And I was like, well, that really brings us to, I think, why we are so obsessed in our media um, with coups and attempted coups in, in movies. Right. It's like, a, we love watching this stuff, but it's because we've never actually experienced it. And this was, like, you know, a very light taste of what could have, you know, could have gotten much, much worse.
1: Right. It could have been a whole lot worse. This is more of, like, a Jimmy Buffett kind of coup. Is <laughs> A Jimmy
0: Buffett yeah, coup? Yeah, just
1: like they're playing Margaritaville outside, and they're all <laughs> just, like, screaming and being jerks. I'm sure khakis and slip-on shoes were a big part of it.
0: That is just just weird things to say. So because, you know, that's what's happening, we thought, oh, what a good time to talk about coup d'etat movies. I mean, the, mm-hmm.
1: the opportunity
0: does not arise very often. And there is some actually pretty good stuff out there, some based on reality and some just made up for our entertainment because we like to see people. Um, rioting and being beaten and terrible things happening, and we're like, "Yay, popcorn!" <laughs> and there is
1: also a bunch of really ridiculous ones that I got up that I know you're gonna hate, Michelle. But I of can tell you, of course, they're pretty
0: awesome on my terrible day. So the first one I want to talk about, and I will state that I haven't seen this movie yet because it's a new 2020 movie. Um, I think it premiered at like online Sundance or something, and it got okay. some buzz, but it's not available quite yet. But I want people to keep it on their radar. It's called New Order, and it's a Mexican-French art house thriller. Um, Actually, it premiered at the Venice Film Festival, I think. But this is a Michael uh, Franco movie. and another Franco? uh, No, it's just a name. I got a
1: little scared there. (laughs) I'm like, oh, my God.
0: And he sees a wealthy, middle-class wedding in Mexico disrupted to put it mildly, from the clips that I've seen, by a violent uprising from the exploited masses. Um, I would say, when this comes out, that you can pretty much guarantee that New Order is not going to be an easy watch. Oh, no. Like
1: It doesn't sound like it. Just if you the enjoyed
0: the um, Funny Games from 97, remember that terrible Michael Haneke film? I actually, did, I actually film? did enjoy that movie. Okay, well, then you're in for a treat because I've heard this film that calling it grim is an understatement oh
1: awesome okay well that fits
0: yeah so but you know the buzz is good though that it's still like well acted and important film and that audiences might conceivably be divided on like you know the vicious gut punch that this franco is kind of giving you in his approach but that as a call for a more um you know equitable distribution of wealth and power it's terrifyingly riveting and really draws you in.
1: Okay. So um,
0: that is a coup d'etat that we will
1: actually maybe be looking forward to. Yeah, it actually sounds like it would be pretty good. I think I might actually have to go look into that
0: one. Yeah, so hopefully it will be coming out soon so what terrible things do you have
1: all right so i actually have a movie based on one of the more famous failed coup attempts in history i got 2008's valkyrie you ever see that one
0: do you know i i didn't and i don't know why i always want to tom cruise with an eye patch what's and, wrong with me and in,
1: you know what yeah, i don't even think he does any he might do like slight running but at best, I think he breaks out into a jog. It's oh, that's very unusual.
0: That's why I didn't see it. I don't waste my time with those.
1: <laughs> I know. No no running in Tom Cruise. No, thing. <laughs> so basically what this is, it's the true story um, of Wehrmacht Colonel Klaus van Stauffenberg. Wow. Yeah, you like that? Well done. So he basically became disillusioned with Hitler. Imagine that. And decided we need to get this guy out of here. And he planned to use Operation Valkyrie. Which is a real thing in the German government, which is invo- involved the deployment of the reserve army in a national emergency okay. as a means to take control of the country. First of all, doesn't seem like a thing you should have on the books if you're a government. But, you know, what are you going to do? Nazi Germany made a lot of bad decisions. Correct. So basically, his decision was he was going to plant a bomb in Hitler's like secret room while he was in there and was going to blow him up. Fortunately, it did not work, even though the bomb did go off. This is, you know, seventy-year-old history. Spoiler alert! Everything. <laughs> um, the movie is actually very interesting. It's very tense, even though you know, you know, Hitler survives. Everybody knows that. Um, and Tom Cruise doesn't bother with a German accent. Thank God. He just is being. But his he's
0: supposed up. to be German. He's a German uh, colonel in there, so,
1: you know, ignore that a little bit. Okay. It is a very good performance. The movie is actually very historically accurate, even the German. Uh, people that knew a lot about Nazi Germany they were sure said that it was very accurate and it's a very interesting movie this was in Tom Cruise's serious phase so if you want to see when he's actually trying and they're going to like tell a story that tells something go check this one out
0: yeah i mean i have heard actually good things about it
1: yeah it's very, you know and it's got a heck of a cast man tom cruise kenneth Branagh, bill nighy terrence stamp Tom Wilkinson.
0: I love Kenneth Brown. Red
1: chick from Game of Thrones. She's in there. You cannot go wrong when you get that many good actors all in one place doing accents. So.
0: You heard it here first, people. Okay. So another one would be the film No Escape. Do you know that the, the Owen Wilson was one? Just, oh, uh,
1: I thought you meant like the Ray Liotta, um movie where he gets stuck on an island.
0: No. <laughs> What movies do you watch late at night? You're going to love it. You're going to watch it one
1: day and be like, this movie is fantastic.
0: <laughs> okay, so No Escape is American businessman Jack Dwyer. And you you might be turned off immediately because it is that is Owen Wilson. Oh, wow. It's not always wow.
1: my favorite. I'm going to be in a movie called No Escape. Wow.
0: <laughs> and then his wife, Annie, who's played by Lake Bell, who I really like. And their two young daughters, they arrive in Southeast Asia to begin a new life. I believe they're in Malaysia. And... Um, as his company, he they plan to improve the region's water quality. The family is learning while they're there that they are right in the middle of a political uprising. So armed rebels attack the hotel where they're staying, and they order to kill any foreigners that they encounter. And the first scene where he's like out shopping on this Malaysian street, like, yoi toy, And then he's like, what's that sound? And he sees like, the military marching and then he's like good and then looks the other way and it's like you know the uprising citizens mm-hmm. marching and he's like this this is a bad idea so the, just utter chaos and he's trying to find a way to save himself and his family from like just violence that's all around him pierce bronson is also in the film
1: Ooh, i like that
0: the film is a lot of just frantically fleeing murderous gorillas he's leaping from rooftops we're hiding in shadowy back streets and just lethal acts of self-defense are being committed the characters are definitely two-dimensional at at best (laughs) Like, you're not getting a lot from these people. And when it comes to the nameless Asian bad guys, it's zero dimension. I'm sure that's a little little
1: problematic there, I'm sure.
0: Yes. So it is not a perfect movie. I could see people really not enjoying it. It's not my all-time favorite, but it it does show a confident hand in the action scenes from the director. So some of those are are well executed. Um, They have kind of that handheld visceral feel of oh, that, the guerrilla p- war zone reported
1: that paul greengrass uh camera going
0: yeah yeah, yeah. but it, it definitely works in it um a little weirdly cast I, I i don't know why they picked owen wilson i don't think that that he it's, was the best person for the role It's a weird decision it's anytime. a weird decision so again it's not a perfect film um but yeah. it definitely fits the theme and it is entertaining enough.
1: Oh, wow. I'm going through a coup d'etat. <laughs> oh, well, oh, this wow. seems bad. Oh, man. Oh, we gotta get out of here. Wow. Can we
0: coup cool you? No, you may not. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Kind of makes me want to watch Ed just do that voice the entire time.
0: It just makes me actually want to watch Ed Norton do Owen Wilson in that SNL skit.
1: Yeah, it kind of does, actually.
0: (laughs) The coterie of sinister (laughs) intruders or whatever. One
1: of the funnest accents to do in Hollywood. Ah, God bless you, Owen Wilson. (laughs) Okay. Okay, so the next one is a movie that I know you're going to hate, but I can't wait to see your face. It's 2014's... Captain America, the Winter Soldier. What
0: have I told you? Didn't uh, we have a, a heart-to-heart serious conversation about how much you bring up Marvel movies and did. how much I want you to stop bringing them up? You
1: did, but this time it actually counts because the plot of Winter Soldier is Hydra trying to take over the government by killing all the important people Hydra? in the world. Hydra.
0: Tell me this is a water monster.
1: I wish I could. No, hail Hydra is the big evil organization in the Marvel universe. I'm not going to get into it cuz you're going to like
0: I, choke me live on the air. I appreciate that. Okay,
1: this is considered one of the better Marvel movies. One of the when te- the upper echelon ones, the Russo brothers, the ones who brought us the in, uh, Infinity War and Endgame, they where they mm. got their start. Fresh. Love love
0: those brothers.
1: I know you do. <laughs> you're always telling me we need to go watch more Russo stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, but one of the better ones, if you're not a comic fan, you're not gonna like it. It's just what it is. But if you have any inclination towards action, yeah. But here's the thing,
0: Jacob. If you're a up? comic book fan, you've seen this movie, right? That's what I'm trying to tell mm-hmm. you. Oh yeah. All these Marvel movies. No one's gonna watch them. Unless they have already seen them. That's how I feel, you, and I stand by you it. You like to think that,
1: but I would say you're wrong.
0: <laughs> All right. So
1: another equally uh, interesting and ridiculous movie is 2013's White House Down with Channing Tatum oh, and Jamie Foxx.
0: I saw that in a drive-in, and I was so sad.
1: <laughs> you were sad watching that movie?
0: Yes, because it was terrible.
1: Okay. It's pretty bad.
0: (laughs) I mean, it fits the theme, but yes, it is terrible. So White House
1: Down, it is the uh, not-as-good cousin of uh, uh, Olympus Has Fallen, (laughs) the Gerard Butler movie with basically the exact same plot. But basically, this one is about uh, somebody in the government has tried to overthrow Jamie Foxx, who is the president by, you know, usual action-adventure means, way over the top, you know— if I was trying to run a coup, I don't think running armed guards or armed uh, guys into the White House is really the way to go about it. You know, in the 20th century. People just ran
0: into the Capitol in the 21st century. Yeah, but so you see how that
1: kind of worked? Everybody's like looking at them like, it what worked are you doing? out
0: because people didn't. Get violent and also didn't have like some sort of military leader. Well, yeah, if there was like a military leader. You know, it'd be a different story. True,
1: but so if you're looking for some ridiculousness, you want stuff to blow up. You want Channing Tatum in a that's t-shirt. a good
0: back-to-back movie. It, movie night, it, Captain America. Captain America
1: and White House Down. <laughs> heck yeah, man. I think that's somebody's Friday night. That's what that sounds like to me.
0: <laughs> well, I'm going to go oh, to... Richard
1: Jenkins is the bad guy. So, oh, you know.
0: I do love Richard Jenkins.
1: Yeah, you want to see him being all uh, shady? That's Go for that.
0: Hmm. Okay, so I'm going to mention a movie that's actually a really good movie <laughs> that you should watch. It's called Missing. It's from 1982. It is based on the real-life experiences of Ed Horman, who is a a conservative american businessman and it's 1973 and so this ed horman who's played by jack lemon
1: who, oh, like who doesn't jack love lemon.
0: everybody likes jack lemon uh, um, walter is probably not a fan <laughs> and he arrives in chile to look for his son charles who's a politically left-leaning journalist who disappeared during a military coup so charles's wife beth Who's played by Sissy Spacek has been looking for him for some time, but her requests to the US consulate, where she's like, yo, my husband is missing. What is going on? And they have proved, you know, produced zero results. So Ed and Beth are kind of working together to try to figure out what really happened to Charles. And then Ed realizes that the American officials might know more than they're telling him. Of course. Because they seem to support the right-wing dictatorship in South America so they're not really talking about what actually happened to him. Awesome.
1: Gotta love when people are hiding stuff like that. That's always good. Yeah,
0: it feels great. So Thanks in part to just really, really strong performances from both Sissy Spacek and Jack Lemon. Um, this movie is one of those like really gripping character explorations. It's an effective political thriller and I think a lot of people might have missed it um, until I was really searching these kinds of movies out. I didn't know about it and then when I saw it, I was like, Oh yeah, solid film.
1: Okay. I love when that happens. When you like avoid a movie for so long and then you you're, watch like, it oh. and you're like, Oh this is fantastic. And it's nice
0: finding movies that maybe you never heard of. So I think there's, you know, another one I have on this list that I was like, oh didn't know about and turned out to be a good film. Oh,
1: okay. All right. I see I like where your head's at.
0: Yeah. Be in my headspace more. You know what? Be in my headspace more.
1: Uh, You know what? I'm going to show you. I'm going to go with my next one. You might actually enjoy this one. Okay. I'm going with 1982's The Year of Living Dangerously starring Mel Gibson.
0: I never saw that movie.
1: So it's actually another one set in Jakarta right before a military coup started kicking off there. Now it's mostly a, well, they kind of set it up as they wanted to make you think it's a love story with Mel Gibson and Sigourney Weaver.
0: It's oh,
1: yeah, it's 19. Oh, I do
0: not, I do not stand them. That's terrible. So
1: he, play, uh, Mel Gibson plays, uh, Guy Hamilton, who's a foreign correspondent for an Australian TV network. He arrives in Jakarta to handle a military coup that looks like it's about to pop off, mm-hmm. and it basically <laughs> pop off. That's a good way to put it, I think. <laughs> Talking about
0: attention. a military coup, and it sounds like a sweet, sick party, but go
1: ahead. <laughs> so he starts going in there with no intention of trying to stop it, just, uh, you know kind of watch it, and d- document it, and things go awry. This is the movie that kind of, along with Mad Max, put Mel Gibson on the international oh, stage. Oh, so it's that old. Oh, it's
0: 1982.
1: It's, oh, is that what you said? Oh, okay. not, not even in, out of Australia at this point. Okay. This is the one that kind of let him know for a less action-oriented um, crowd. I think the thing that it's most known for is Linda Hunt in this movie. She won an Oscar for playing the character of Billy Kwan, now, huh? go ahead and let your brain... There's a lot of problems with that, and you could probably figure out what they were.
0: Was she playing an Asian man?
1: She was playing an Asian man.
0: Shut up.
1: In like yellow face in this movie and they gave her an academy award for it
0: jacob time out you are blowing my mind how do i not know this at all
1: i have no idea is I she supposed
0: to be transgender
1: no if they, if they. she's never, just supposed she's to just be an, an
0: asian man she's just
1: an asian dude that's all it is
0: they they didn't just cash an asian man no the, they cast, I can barely get words out of my mouth yes, they right They cast now. A,
1: a tiny white woman to play an Asian man in this movie and won an Academy Award for it. It is one of the craziest little bits of I'm movie I'm literally going to see
0: this movie like tomorrow. <laughs> I told you
1: I thought you would like it. Um uh, the movie is pretty good. Mel Gibson's good in this. Sigourney Weaver this is back when she was a top shelf actress. Sure. Um but <laughs> just for just for Linda Hunt.
0: Like I, my eyebrows are into my hairline. You notice right
1: now. how I even uh, <laughs> yes. highlighted it on my notes here for it's you because highlighted
0: I and caps and underline and bold. It
1: has <laughs> an 88 percent on
0: Rotten Tomatoes. So okay,
1: everything about this movie is going to blow your mind when you watch it. I cannot wait till we hear your review of this I, one. I can't
0: either. I'm all right. <laughs> um, another one that again a lot of people well, might not know of in this in a younger audience, but it's called Seven Days in May. Ever heard of it?
1: I've heard of it, never seen it.
0: Okay. So we have U.S. President Jordan Lyman, and he is hoping to bring an end to the Cold War by signing a nuclear uh, disarmament treaty with the Soviets, much to the displeasure of General James Scott. He's played by Burt Lancaster. We've got some old school talent, and he's chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. So I'm trying not to get too confusing. So the Burt Lancaster character, James Scott, his aide- who's called Martin Jigs Casey, so let's call him Jiggs, okay. is played by Kirk Douglas. Oh, dun, the, dun, dun, chin, dun. the
1: chin himself.
0: Yes. And he stumbles on this shattering evidence that the general is plotting a coup to overthrow the president in seven days. And then Jigs alerts the president, setting off this crazy dangerous race to thwart the takeover. Oh, okay. Yeah. This is this is a, a, a striking film, first-rate cast, um, riveting tale, political intrigue, check the boxes of things that you want in a film, and you've got it in this one. And when you're in the mood for one of those classic black and white, you know, younger, not super young, but younger Kirk Douglas against... Burt Lancaster. Well, when, when boom.
1: Is, when is Kirk Douglas ever been young? It's like he, even in Spartacus, he looks like he's like thirty six years old. That's
0: really true. He does have one of those very mature faces.
1: Yeah, you look at him and like this dude is, was just born that
0: way. With I also love seeing him young because Michael just looks like him. Like they have so many similarities they, that it's really do. fascinating. They
1: really do look like each other. It's kind of crazy, actually.
0: Yeah. So that's another. That's another good one. Oh, way better. So I really. I really prefer my coup d'etats in film. I got to be honest with you.
1: Compared to real life? Yeah, (laughs) I I would say that. I think most people would agree with that. Not
0: into it as much. (laughs) All right, Jacob, back to you. What do you got?
1: So I feel like people would really freak out if we didn't point out the obvious one here of, uh, you know, Game of Thrones, uh, that the whole show is basically just one big rolling coup (laughs) d'etat.
0: Yeah, that's actually true. They're all pulling a coup on each other. Yeah, there's always
1: somebody doing some stuff. And on, then, the,
0: on the siblings, that one hurts the most, doesn't it?
1: Well, we'll see about that when the new show comes out next year. Mm. Um, but I guess also Star Wars, even though that one's not really a coup d'etat, so to say, because he did it legally. But, you know, if you want to go with but that. But it is one.
0: people going against the government. To try to overturn it, so it kind of fits.
1: Yeah, so, you know, go check out Game of Thrones and Star Wars because they're <laughs> both ever, awesome.
0: If you've never heard of them,
1: small small properties. I know they're <laughs> flying under the radar. Um, you know what else I'm going to recommend? Hmm. Uh, I know you're going to love this movie. We were talking about how much you love Triple X2 State of the Union.
0: Oh, I don't know that.
1: Yeah, it's the sequel to the Vin Diesel classic, quote unquote, where he got hired by Sam Jackson to be a uh, super spy.
0: I mean, that is literally the reason why I don't know it I choose not to know it well
1: (laughs) if you thought that Vin Diesel was lacking in the acting department the second one stars Ice Cube as a super spy question wait
0: oh no Ice Cube's not that bad
1: no but when you want to say he's a military man and he hadn't exactly put in a bunch of push-ups prior to doing this role (laughs) it becomes an issue but the movie's actually a lot of fun also when they somehow sucked uh, Willem Dafoe into being in this movie
0: I never complain about Willem Dafoe
1: no you can never And then, you know, mid-2000s, whatever guy, Scott Speedman is also in here. Because they, you know, (laughs) this was at the point where they were still putting him in movies. Sure. But basically, it's just a action extravaganza where they're just blowing stuff up. The plot is ludicrous. They lean into how stupid everything is. And they're just having a ball. This is one of those movies that bombed because Vin Diesel didn't come back. So nobody wanted to go see it. And I think it's actually a lot more fun than the first movie. Because the other one took itself a little seriously. This one, not so much, man.
0: All right. Well, it's always risky when you say that it's fun, but well, I, yeah. I got to give you some credit sometimes.
1: It's fun for me. You, okay. As long as you know that ahead of time, you know what's Here,
0: up. Here's a movie that I'm curious if you think was fun, because this one is kind of goes back and forth. Once Upon a Time in Mexico.
1: I, I saw that movie in theaters actually, and That's, you liked it. Yeah, I, it was. All, yeah, I actually did like it. It's it, the it, third. Uh, it
0: was the third, maybe the weakest of the trilogy.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. But I, I don't think anybody argued that one for yeah. you. Yeah.
0: So this is the return of the mythic guitar singing hero El Mariachi, played by Antonio Banderas. In the this was the final installment of this uh, Mariachi Desperado trilogy, and so the saga is continuing. We've got El Mariachi makes his way across. Uh, the rugged landscape on the blood trail of our favorite guy, Willem Dafoe, again. Of course. Who is a cartel kingpin. Um,
1: Never mind that he's playing a Mexican drug cartel kingpin. Let's it ignore does, that. It
0: does feel really bad. <laughs> but he is planning a coup d'etat against the president of Mexico. So enlisted by the character Sands, who's played by Johnny Depp, who is a corrupt CIA agent. El Mariachi demands former,
1: retribution. F- former friend of the show, Johnny Depp.
0: Yeah, but I will say this was Johnny Depp is good in this movie. He steals the show for sure.
1: Oh, he's definitely like the main reason to go see this movie because the rest of it's pretty good. But Depp's having a lot of fun. Yeah,
0: he steals the show. It's a violent, pulpy, loopy, fun movie. So, if you're in the mood for that, like this is going to deliver. Oh, you know, I'm uh, in one a... of the less serious coup movies. Yeah,
1: I'm surprised that one's not on my list, actually. That usually follows more of the stuff that I recommend. That is true.
0: <laughs> um, maybe we have time for one more each, and then we'll wrap it up. Uh, sure.
1: Uh, you know what? I'm going to say stay away. Oh. From 2004's The Terminal, starring Tom Hanks and Catherine Zeta-Jones, because it is trash.
0: Wait, where he's stuck in an airport? Yeah. Oh, mo- is that why he's stuck in an airport? There's a coup?
1: Yeah, in his home country, there's a <gasps> coup, and uh, government ta- the military oh, look takes at that. over.
0: Look at that. Yeah,
1: you'd be surprised, because you probably fell asleep before they get, even got to that plot
0: point. I so. didn't like the trailer, so I didn't pursue. <laughs>
1: Trailer's better than the movie, so you're actually good to go. <laughs> um, but I will also recommend 2004's the Manchurian Candidate remake by Jonathan Demme.
0: Sure. You like it better than the original or did you not see the original? No,
1: I like it better than the original. It's okay. a little bit more timely uh, considering, you know, what it's about. I mean, I like Denzel Washington and of Schreiber a lot more than I like Frank Sinatra as an actor. Hopefully the mafia didn't hear me just say that. <laughs> um, and I also didn't mind the updated plot where it's, it, you know, Manchurian Candidate doesn't make any sense when they switch the Chinese for the Russians to be the bad guys in this movie. Mm. Um, you know, but it's still a very well-made movie. It looks great. Uh, the craziness of having, uh, American president brainwashed by the Russian government to do their bidding. I mean, it's, you know, who would, who would think that kind of thing could happen?
0: Who could think it? Um, okay. Last one for me then. This one I think is, is a pretty popular film. The day of the jackal.
1: Oh, I like that movie. I like the remake of that one too.
0: Oh, it was a remake?
1: Yeah. With Bruce Willis just called the jackal.
0: Huh, so it's not French. Boo. No,
1: it's not French. And it's not as great, but.
0: So this is about an underground French paramilitary group that is intent on eliminating President Charles de Gaulle. But when numerous attempts on his life fail, they result to hiring an infamous hitman known mm-hmm. as the Jackal. The Jackal. Um. Yeah. So it's kind of just the same thing. The You got the savvy Parisian police detective and he's trying to solve the mystery of a killer's identity and the coup's happening and you know it's it's a good thriller um I'd say like a like taught direction like I like the way that the director is leading it and what you know he's getting you to look at and follow through the film Mm -hmm. it really succeeds in maintaining your interest and suspense despite obvious viewer foreknowledge of the outcome right like, you know what's happening here, but it's still entertaining to it's watch. It's
1: also based on a true story, question yeah, mark. That's yeah, that's why
0: you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you you know plus how Charles de Gaulle never got murdered.
1: That's We also <laughs> remember that. It, you know what? Check out the uh, the remake, too. It's not bad. You get Sidney Poitier. You get Bruce Willis kind of trying. And the best part, you get to laugh for two hours at Richard Gere doing an Irish accent because it is That sounds more
0: thing. like I would cry. That sounds painful.
1: You, it, well, that's why. You got to laugh or you cry because <laughs> okay. it's not the best.
0: (laughs) Okay, Jacob. It looks like there is a coup on our time right now, and we are up, so why don't you plug us up?
1: So everything that you hear on All Booked Up, it's going to be available at one of your local libraries. We have 37 branches all throughout Erie County. Just stop on by. Uh, Don't forget to check our website at www.buffalolib.org to see if there's any hour changes or what the mandates are, what you need to come in. Don't forget to bring your mask, everybody, because you're definitely going to need those. And uh, follow us on Twitter at Buffalo... Well, I went to the wrong thing there.
0: You did. (laughs) So follow us on Twitter at
1: All Booked Up Pod and talk to us on there. Let us know what your favorite coup movies are and give us some ideas for what you want to hear next week.
0: Okay, so just a couple things. I always like to clarify um, episodes that are very political and that you are reading about in the news a lot. So uh, obviously a coup is short for a coup d'etat. This is a French term that means the overthrow of the government. The key element of a coup is that it is carried out beyond the bounds of legality. Coups can be violent, but they don't need to be.
1: So that, you could tell that because the French created it, because if it was violent, they would not have a word for it.
0: Yes. Um, And to keep in mind that some of the things that Trump has done since November to contest the election are clearly within the law. So that is Mm -hmm. something important to keep in mind. His other actions that were kind of up until January 6th, including the rally, those are close calls. So those are things that are currently being examined. Um, The lawmakers that were objecting to the electoral vote count are acting within the rules to object, so that part of it does not qualify as a coup. Um, A good case can be made though that the storming of the Capitol does qualify um, because the rioters entered at precisely the moment when the incumbent's loss was to be formally sealed and they succeeded in stopping the count. So that is why you've been reading of, you know, can this be considered a coup? Um, But the storming of the Capitol does qualify as sedition, which is the use of force to prevent, hinder, or delay the execution of any laws of the United States or any authority of the U.S. government. So it's just always good to go into things... You know, you hear a lot. It gets really confusing. And to just kind of know your terms and know what's really going on. Absolutely.
1: I mean, you don't want to, you know, say the wrong part or call something a coup when it's not. You know, you want to be specific. It's a big word. That's a loaded word. You want to make sure you get it right when you use it.
0: And just a final note. And I'm actually, Jacob, I'm going to stop the music here for a second because I want to have a real serious moment. All right? Okay. Okay. This is a message that was put out from the American Libraries um, Association. And I think it's, it's just really, really relevant that... Libraries in America defend the constitutional rights of all individuals and are cornerstones of the communities they serve. We celebrate and preserve our democratic society so that all individuals have the opportunity to become lifelong learners and engaged residents, informed, literate, educated, and culturally enriched. So again, we are just telling you if you have any questions about what is going on, questions about what is fact and what is opinion please come visit us at the library we find the facts and the facts find the truth so that is our show thank you so much for listening and we'll catch you next time bye